Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to dial 1010321, then 1, then the number to save 50% off every call over 20 minutes. All right. Uh, it's Grunt Work Bell. <laughs> like Pacific Bell. father left me cold trying to make me do what you told a father's child greater than gold but i guess not you brought me into this world but you're not my dad mess around with those tools makes moms mad yeah so i left you with bravery took the first plane from detroit to waverly place and this is the place to be if you're into podcasts about the tv show home improvement because it's the only podcast about the TV show Home Improvement that wants to talk it out over tea and scones. <laughs> I am your host, Landon. I fucking hate Harry Cap uh, Solano. Landon, you forgot who you are? Wait, did we get married? We just told people last episode we weren't getting married. Joined always by my life partner, Truman. I fucking hate Harry Caps. That's Truman. True. I fucking hate Harry. Landon. I do as well, but also <laughs> subcategory, like hyphenated last name. Dolores can come get it. Yes, agreed. Dolores, agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really something. Uh, also, respect that that it's. I don't know. Wanting to talk over tea and scones. Yeah, sure. You have the tea. I'll have the scones. I thought you were gonna go with. <laughs> Always happy to talk over video call, something that we're a little more uh, ready for than this, uh, you know, in this episode. <laughs> oh, we'll get into the technology in this episode oh, for sure. We'll get into this the is, technology. I, I want to put out a trigger warning for our listeners. This is going to be a fiery episode. Uh, I realize I can get uppity at times, but holy bajoli, uh, <laughs> prep yourself for a season three Landon. He has come back with vengeance. Holy bajoli. I don't even... what. Is what even is a Bajoli? Are you talking about Sylvia Pajoli, the NPR correspondent? <laughs> oh yes, of course I am. Uh, I mean, I, I'm 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 ready to hear. I mean, like I can guess what Here's... may have set you off. I mean, this episode has a lot of <laughs> of uh, Landon triggers in it. Here's the thing: I could have and was close to using some poignant lyrics from the game uh, for my my intro, and I decided nay. This episode does not deserve the game. I'm going with Shaquille O'Neal and his brief rap career. <laughs> See, so there you go, Landon. This is this is what's upset. Like, I feel like you deserve a better co-host who like can re- react to that more than like, oh, the game. I yeah, the the Michael Douglas movie that that was David Fincher's first directorial. Oh, oh wait, no, maybe he means the rapper or something. Like, I don't know. I I wish that I knew enough about. Also, these he things, did dude. Seven and Alien Three before he did the game. Oh, he did he did Seven before he did the game. Well, that was a. St- I mean, that's a step backwards. I mean, look from a- like <laughs> Alien Three to Seven, step forwards. Fuck Alien Three. Then big. St- I feel like step backwards for the game. Um, anyway, welcome back to Finch work. It's all about uh, David Fincher <laughs> and the novel The Goldfinch. Um, yeah, no, there's uh, there's a lot going on in this episode, and Landon, oh, I'll just try. And, I'll try and keep you from uh, from uh, uh, hulking out. You know. Okay. Please, sun, please sun's do. going uh, down, etc. Why, why don't we inform our listeners as to what else is going down in this episode? Uh, Truman, do you have a synopsis for us? You know what? As a matter of fact, Landon, I do. So why don't you just sit Thank back, you. 
do some breathing exercises and put a couple of cucumbers over your eyes because I guess that you. is relaxing. Great. Seems like a waste right. of good cucumber if you ask me, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> you eat them afterward. Uh, it, it, uh, I guess that's not gross. They, I mean, yeah, they've been touching your eyes, but well, actually it is kind of gross. Your, I feel like lots of stuff... I actually, I don't know how I feel about eating the cucumbers that have been on your eyes. I'm going to I'm gonna process this over the course of the episode, and I'll get back to you guys later. They go on your eyelids, not on your eyeballs. You don't keep your eyes open when you put the cucumbers I, on. I, yeah, I know, Landon. I, I've, I've seen a commercial for a local spa before. <laughs> I get how it works. I just, I'm wondering about the actual cleanliness of your eyelids. Are they that okay. clean? Well, I Eye mean, they're, they're, they're sheathed most of, the, most of the time when you're awake. I guess, but how clean is it up there where they're sheathed in? I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what I think about okay, eyelids anymore. Fair, fair. I'm, I'm reconsidering everything. <laughs> look, look, Landon, this is this is what, what it's f- actually about. <laughs> okay. Between Tim, Jill, and three teenaged boys, there's a lot of competition for the phone at the Taylor house, resulting mm-hmm. in a testy argument between Tim and Mark when the boy refuses to get off the phone. When Tim finds out that Harry's son Dennis has a job installing home automation systems and other technology, he jumps at the chance to get a second phone line installed. Landon, Landon deep breathing just at the very mention of it. But when Dennis has to leave halfway through the installation, Tim fiddles with the exposed wires and winds up ruining all of the house's phone lines. And when Harry finds out, he's furious at his son for leaving a job undone with Tim on the prowl. Harry and Dennis's conflict threatens to leave the tailors phoneless and prompts Tim to reconsider his own harsh treatment of Mark. Do you want to guess that title? Yes, I do. Uh, okay, now, uh, I'm sorry, I, had, I had this in my notes, and I can, I can look for it. Actually, I'm just going to scroll down for it, because this is a piece of context people need to get my, my first title. Okay, okay. Dennis, okay, so Harry's son, Dennis, his last name is Turner, okay? Mm-hmm. So, first option... DT phone home. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, I feel like it's all it's all there. All right. Second option. Calls well that ends well. Ooh. Yeah. Like thank you. Thank you. Uh-huh, I like that uh-huh, one too. Uh-huh. I and and uh <laughs> <laughs> Folks, I watched the episode this morning, and I kind of had the whole day to think about my titles. And that's really the best way to do it. Like before, before when Landon and I would watch the episode together, I'd have like ten minutes to come up with titles. It'd take eight hours, you get some gems, such as "Call of the Child." <laughs> I'm doing a pose right now, <laughs> waiting for a high five I can, that will never. Come. We're not even on video chat, and I can see the pose. Oh man. I I really think I, I, that was someone I want them to remember me by when 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 all is said and done when the book is written about this podcast. Oh my god! Um, honestly, all of them are better than what we've got. Although I don't know, the one that we got ain't that bad in the grand scope of home improvement titles. It's not a play on words, really. It's just what it is. But um, it's called well. Wait, uh, I guess I should give you a clue, right? Yeah, it might help. I mean, I, we're not playing for any prize still, but I mean... We're not, not no. yet. And that's not part of the, the new Chalupa game anyway. But um, for tradition's sake, I'll give you this clue, which is uh, actually part of the IMDb trivia. Um, the title is a Led Zeppelin song. Oh. Um, uh, it's... Okay, I guess either... Cashmere or a whole lot of love, right? 
Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Neither. Good times, bad times. <laughs> All Communication of my breakdown. Fuck, that would have made sense. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> I this got episode that. aired uh, on March 11th, 1997, directed by Jeffrey Nelson and written by Eric Horstead, who earlier this season wrote, I was a teenage Taylor, he has one more episode of the entire series uh, next season. Ooh. So this is part two of his trilogy. Wow. I mean, well, and I feel like part two of the trilogy is usually the best one. I mean, Terminator 2, <laughs> Dark Knight. Well, uh, Normally some, that's not true. I th- you think you just listed the exceptions. Some would say Godfather 2. Um, well, yeah, that, that's and, the other exception. And I think everyone agrees that the two Jakes is way better than Chinatown. And whenever they make the <laughs> third movie in, in the long-planned Chinatown trilogy, uh, we will see that that was the case. Deep cut uh, Chinatown I, jokes. I, I would love to see Jack Nicholson do that role with, you know, the entire crew. Maybe not Polanski. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <laughs> Uh, as his like last his swan song okay also i'm not sure we'd love that because i'm pretty sure the fact that we haven't seen or heard from jack nicholson in the past five (laughs) or six years means that shit has taken a turn in that man's life he (laughs) no he's still living his his best lakers life for sure but he has kind of let himself go not that there's anything wrong with that i mean he's deserved it you know after 80 who gives a shit but uh, you know, is it how healthy would it be for a rigorous exercise regimen uh, for a man in his early 80s? I don't know. I well, I don't. Know. I mean, I've I was you know reading the book about Chinatown that you got me for my birthday, such a lovely generous gift. And there's the note that when he was hitting it big as an actor in his house in the hills, mm-hmm. he had like one candy dish full of cash on the table for his <laughs> friends yeah. and another candy dish filled with cocaine. I feel like that kind of lifestyle catches up to you in your 80s. Like, sooner or later, you got to pay the bill. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, every once in a while, the paparazzi catch a picture of him. And he's, as I said, at the Lakers game, so he's not, like, hiding or anything. No, I mean... Um, but at, at the same time, if they wanted to take the Jake character into, like, Orson Welles in Touch of Evil in that route, mm. where it is, like, this big, robust, like, this detective has a hedonistic lifestyle... And like that would that could be an interesting slant for that third movie. Truman, I am just really trying to buy as much time as I can to not talk about this episode. <laughs> I mean, uh, look, I, I'll I'll sit, I'll sit here and, and talk to you about Jack Nicholson all day, provided that neither one of us tries to do an impression of him. But probably sooner or later, we should actually talk about. Right. Well, actually, well, actually, wait, Landon. Yeah. Let me ask you, how did you <laughs> no, feel? Please don't. About this episode of Home Improvement. I'm I'm not going to lie. Truman. Truman. Landon. I'm not going to lie. You're, you're I'm not, not. going to lie to you. George Washington over here. <laughs> this episode really riled me up. Um, okay. You know what, Landon? On the one hand... I, I'm yeah. just going to say, I'm glad that you're not going to lie to me because you can't handle the truth. Okay, go on, please. <laughs> Good God. On the one hand, um, I realize that you can't really deal with these sorts of issues without displaying the negative behavior to comment upon. Um, on the other hand, it's like, it feels like it's rejecting a healthier view of the world 
for like I don't know a more centrist or even slightly right of center position on parenting. I, wait, wait, I, wait. I'm, I'm really struggling to articulate my feelings here. But you, go, what are you waiting about? You mean you you mean to tell me that you think that that a show starring Tim Allen is trying to. <laughs> Put forth a slightly right of center view of the world. That that does not track well, with anything we've seen. I don't. I. I mean. I think the show is good about balancing it most of the time. That it, it's it when it's not a chore to have to overlook things and apply twenty twenty one logic to nineteen ninety seven you know narratives um, with the kind of added salt in the wound of this is the sort of mentality that fucked me up yeah <laughs> so it's harder to palate you know watching it 20 years later um okay dismissing communication by painting it in the extreme like painting the what you disagree with as an extreme thing like the concept of just talking and like not having a knee jerk reaction to a teenager being a teen and, you know, dismissing it as having tea and scones is what is so fucking frustrating about boomers and about, you know, the generations that came before us, or even, I guess some of our generation that are parenting with this gross kind of masculinity. So, so it's it's specifically the the way the episode kind of portrays oh having you know having an emotionally in tune conversation with your son is weird and and an other thing to do and the, yes, the natural and, order is fighting with or like being cruel to your son to and you know this is okay so God falling down a sinkhole of despair. Okay, that's that. I, it, describe listening to grunt work in one <laughs> sentence. <laughs> we are since this is a, a since this is a sitcom. The jokes make presenting, you know, these points of views and laughing at it. Um, I don't know. It make it kind of makes it a little reductive when you actually come to the healthier de- you know uh decision at the end of the episode as Tim does and then it feels self-congratulatory in a really kind of disgusting way to me um and i, I don't want to say that shows shouldn't try to tackle these topics but and i don't even want to say that this show shouldn't try to tackle you know this topic but i don't know i mean it's not like friends did it any better i would say they you know yeah. were ha- had other issues, and you know, it's not a family yeah. parenting sort of thing. But trust me, there were a lot of weird parenting things on that show as well. Well, I, I, we did decide last week that Friends was worse than Home Improvement, so you can't go back <laughs> on that one week later. Well, I, I won't go back on the on the views, but I will uh, admit maybe I went a little too extreme in how I expressed myself uh, about Friends. Um, <laughs> Okay, so then next week you're going to apologize for going too extreme in your reactions to this episode, and the I might, I might, I the might. The circle of apology. But see, continues. that's th- th- this is the whole thing: is admitting that you have made mistakes, okay. that you course correct, that you Fair. try to learn and communicate better. Yes, uh, yes. So, okay, I, this is my final point: is that this episode may have just hit some nerves for me on some personal issues, so it might just be impossible for me to be unbiased. Yeah. Um, Truman, how did you feel about this episode? <laughs> um, 
Never before have I witnessed 22 minutes of television that so accurately reflect and represent everything that I believe is good and true and right and decent and honest in the world. Um, not only did I weep, um, I, I also kind of felt myself rise out of my body and achieve a higher level of consciousness because of the teachings of this episode. And um, in fact, I'm looking into filing the paperwork to start a new religion based around it. So so passionately do I love what happened in this episode. No, no, no. Um, Okay, my impressions of this episode, my first, uh, this this is what's great about it. Um, When a man walks into a room, he brings his whole life with him. And the life that I brought into this episode, I don't know. I, I totally agree with you that this episode puts forth a particular brand of toxic masculinity that I find aggravating. My big, my number one impression that I listed in my notes is just video phones. Ah, video phones. <laughs> There's video phones in this episode. They really thought that this shit was going to take off. I have so much to say about video phones. This is the same way I, when I saw the movie Arrival when it came out and our, one of our mutual acquaintances also saw the movie Arrival separately and we got together to talk about it after seeing it because we were both very moved by the movie and he was like, yeah man, Arrival, oh, it was so good. And I was like, yeah, it's so great. It was amazing. I loved it so much. Yeah, it was so good. And he, ta- he talks for like 20 minutes about how this whole, like the concepts of like family and love and communication and, and coming together across time and like what it you know all of the deeper meanings of the movie and then i go yeah i just thought it was so cool when they're going to get on the spaceships how they just had like those white pickup trucks with a lift in the back because i feel like that's what the government would actually do if we found aliens <laughs> like just same movie Truman with this administrative slant because it's because that's totally how it would work they wouldn't have a big fancy platform like in a like in you know day the earth stood still it would just be pickup trucks it'd be Ford F-350s from the government motor pool. All I'm saying is I have a I have a track record of really missing the emotional heft of things and focusing on stupid details. Hence this podcast. Maybe it's a defense mechanism. It could be. It could be. Um, or, or a survival mechanism. Who knows? This episode felt weird to me. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I didn't feel that it was necessarily bad or incompetently written. It just felt like the pacing was... Uh, the term that I used was higgledy-piggledy. Because... <laughs> The arc of the episode seems to be Tim realizing that he shouldn't be so hard on his sons. But if that's yeah. the case, you should have had him in conflict with Mark right up front. The conflict should have it escalated. It should be a Mark episode. It should be a Mark episode. Because also, oh, hey, suddenly Mark has a thing to do again. Welcome back, I guess. I mean, I guess he was sort of in last week's episode, too. You just, you can't, you can't. He's sort of in a lot of episodes this season, but not really. It's just, you can't pull Mark he out of He kicks the plot off and then goes away for three hours and comes back. Exactly. To go go to a karate lesson in a plane that he's flying or some shit. All of the many. Actually, Mark sounds pretty awesome. Why don't we see more of him? You know what? Okay, wait. Here's a fucking fan theory for it before we even get into the episode. Mark is in training to be the next Wilson because, like, he's learning this wide variety of skills. <laughs> wow! And they they kind of he we hear about him once and they go away. I feel mm-hmm. like he is going to be like Wil- Wilson dies and then Mark rises in his place. Um, okay, but just it should have been. I don't know. It like the conflict with Mark should have happened right up front. It should have escalated yeah. throughout. And then Tim's interactions with Harry and Dennis would have been then the catalyst for him to change his behavior. Uh, yeah, and it just—I don't know. It just—it it, it, it seemed just like a weird it, succession of events that were loosely connected to one another, and was not particularly yeah. funny. 
because there is a good scene between Tim and Mark at the end of this, which I really liked and yeah. you know thought they handled well. But then they go to the next scene with Harry and completely undo it all. It feels like the show then is going out of its way to pat Tim on the back. And I'm like, no, you just did the thing you should have done. You're not a marvelous creation of humanity. What do you want? A cookie? Why are you trying to get credit for doing the things you're supposed to do to quote Chris Rock in exactly the context that he was referring to? Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Truman, um, do you want to do I this? Actually have, I'm getting a, a page from another podcast. Oh, oh. I'll be back in three hours. Can you handle this deep dive on your own? Everybody, let's speculate sure. about what, what what other podcast is Landon getting called to be on? What, 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 what do we all think? Write in and tell us. What do you think? Oh, uh, this is a rare episode in that it starts... In the void. Oh man! As soon, um, as soon as as soon as that first image came up on screen, I was like, "Landon is gonna have thoughts." <laughs> I mean, it's just it is it is the grunt creep. Like it's like the grunt creeps one creep show. It's just a completely dark surroundings and illuminated by a single spotlight. <laughs> he walks into the spotlight. Yeah, exactly. And he starts um, unspooling a wire and pulling pulling. Basically, the scene is gonna come into place in a second, and we find that he's pulling um a telephone wire that brad is on yes. the phone um but okay so the question i have is is he in the walls of the house um is that where the void exists or are we to believe that the void exists outside of the show and that the grunt creep can pull the you know the kind of interstellar strings of time to pull the show into the place for us to display it for us, the viewing audience, what what am I to take away from this display of the void? You know, I think I, I would say that it is uh, it is more to the second one. Is the Grunt Creep a Time Lord? I think it's sort of like, look, I, I mean, I don't think it's so much he's a Time Lord as I think that the Grunt Creep is like a muse, so to speak. Like, because at the beginning of, get ready folks, at the beginning of The Odyssey, I think the first lines are wow. the narrator of the poem, uh, invoking a muse to bring the bring the story to life, and I think that basically the grunt creep is doing that. Like, oh, hello, hello, folks. Uh, I, you know, you want you want to see a story? Well, here's a story about telephones. I'm gonna yank on this telephone wire, and the story shall he's, begin. He's in the grand tradition of Alfred Hitchcock, the crypt keeper. <laughs> I've got a story for you this week about telephones. <laughs> More like phone improvement. <laughs> Anyway, we went we went from Homer's Odyssey to Tales from the Crypt in in like thirty seconds. If that doesn't get you, you don't get uh, this on another Home Improvement podcast. Yeah, that, that's why that's why you keep coming back. That or Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> so he's yanked the the show into being. Unless we want to talk about this for another half hour, and I could. Um, Brad is talking on the phone uh, with one of his pals with some story about a lady. While Randy and Mark are waiting around on him to finish the story so that they can use the mm -hmm. phone. Uh, yeah, sets it up pretty well. I I have questions. Maybe let's, you know, I'm going to save the question. We've already diverted enough. Um, yeah, they're, I mean, the main thing here is that Randy and Mark are just uh, upset and annoyed and frustrated at not being able to use the phone. Jill comes in gloating that uh, she did the first oil change on her Healy. What were you going to say? Uh, no, no, no I, well, I was just going to—I was just going to say what you're saying. She did her first oil change, and the boys ask, yeah. "Well, how did you stay so clean?" And then Tim comes in covered in oil and says, "She used me as a drop cloth." 
Uh, uh, he's like, great, now I have to change. I was supposed to be, uh, I have to call Harry. I was supposed to be over there five minutes ago to watch the hockey game. Yep. And then Mark's like, take a number. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Boy, that, that he's getting that toot all fired up for this episode. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so they finally are able to get Brad off the phone, and then there's this squabble as the other two boys try yeah. to get on there. And Jill says, okay, we just need to come up with a plan in order to ration usage of the phone. Just to, it's very simple. Each of you... I wrote this down. Okay, yeah, yeah. Did you write it down verbatim? Uh, I did not ro- write it down verbatim, so you should go for it. I wrote it down word for word. Uh, okay, so she says that nobody's going to be able to use the phone until we figure out a system. Okay, it's very simple. Each of you will be allotted 45 minutes a day of phone time, but you can't use it continuously unless nobody else is waiting. And, of course, none of these rules apply during peak call times, which will be 9 to 5 on weekdays and all day weekend and anytime your father and I are home. So keep in mind, if you fail to use any of your daily allotment, you cannot apply that to future phone usage. Does that sound fair, Tim? And Tim says, you you lost me at this is simple. <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah. I and I, I'm gonna. I say this recognizing that I have spent now already well over an hour talking to you on the phone. But just the notion of 45 minutes a day talking on the phone and that being not enough. <laughs> this is 90. This is 97, though. I I get it. This was a thing. Now I, get th- it. I think there are a lot of things in this episode that you know. I'm not going to speculate to the ages of our listeners, but. Uh, back in my day, there was a phone line issue, particularly yeah. in 97 when the internet came in and you only had dial-up. Yeah. So um, this was a, a thing. And we did talk a lot on the phone as opposed to being able to text, which, you know, didn't come till I don't know, three or four years later. Four, maybe five years later. I'm I, not sure. But Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I definitely remember these days, and I never had that much of an issue, I think. Well, look, the real the real life hack that I employed when I was this age, and I, we had a landline, was I just didn't have that many friends. So, <laughs> no one to talk to, tap in my head. What did you do with your, how, how did you, how did you stalk your crushes by, not, if you weren't able to call them and hang up as soon as they answered the phone? Well, I mean, I, I was pretty easy to stock my crushes because I could just go down to the video store and rent Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and Jessica Rabbit's <laughs> right there. Uh, she, she lives in the videotape. It's very easy. Um, I like I don't know. It just it, it like I totally I remember this time and place playing my age card. It's just also because you take a kid this age today and tell him, hey, you can only talk on the phone for forty five minutes a day. Like that would be punishment now. For a kid is like true. You, you have to True. talk on the phone for 45 minutes a day. No! <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely spent many a night, hours on the phone, not talking. Like, I, I think the biggest misrepresentation of this is Brad is actually doing the talking. More than not, it was the guy, and I don't want to get too gendered about it, but it was, in my experience, the guy, me, sitting there listening to my crush talk for two hours oh well hey hey first <laughs> you got you, you got her talking to you so you're you're already pretty close b it's good to be sensitive and a good listener so so well done landon thanks and then i uh i got fed up with it and decided i need to talk and so i created a podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah the whole time she was talking or just trying to interject like but i it just but last night's episode of home improvement i actually uh I think it put forth some bad ideas about, uh, well, I, 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 well, no, the Grunt Creep actually kind of exists in a, in a dimension outside the show, <laughs> but the, but she just would not listen to your pearls of wisdom. 
Um, before we leave the scene, I have a very important question to ask you. Ask <clears throat> it. Okay, Brad obviously speaks to Angela, right? Yes. I mean, she's a talker. Yes. We've established that. Yes. Randy, he and Lauren, you know, they're developing a little, Are will they, won't they, Sam and Diane thing, but they definitely have reason to talk because they work together on the school newspaper, right? Yes. I, I, okay. I wouldn't elevate their relationship to the heights of Sam and Diane, but other than that, yes. <laughs> I'm just grasping for pearls here. Uh, the don't, important don't question here yeah. is, who is Mark calling? I feel like Mark is calling like one of those things where it's like the in in three seconds the time will be seven o'clock and six minutes three two one like it it's either that or I don't know my or thought like, is or like National my, Weather Service yeah go on what's your thought? I, I think uh, okay now I'm gonna really date myself here which is back before the internet uh, there was a Nintendo tip line. <laughs> that you could call if you were stuck on a game. <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> so if you didn't know which walled bomb in Zelda, you could call up Nintendo and speak to a representative, and they would help walk you through to beat that level. Wait, wait, wait. It was a real person? It wasn't just like... Yes. Oh, my fucking God. What a wonderful <laughs> what a wonderful time period we lived through and did not even appreciate. You could call a complete stranger working for a company presumably free or was the was this a 1-800 number? Uh I I don't know if it was a 1-800 number. Still. I would imagine it was otherwise there would be a lot of kids in trouble for playing Nintendo and I don't remember there being any super big back backlash against Nintendo specifically. Oh my god, there was a call center full of people whose whole job was to just give kids tips on how to play video games. We didn't deserve the 90s. I get that a lot of horrible stuff happened, and it was an even more yeah. racist, sexist country at the time then. But please allow me this nostalgia. Um, that's, that is totally who Mark would be calling. He's calling the monkey, uh, the, the monkey town tip line. <laughs> the uh, phone cord wraps around Tim that uh, pulls him out of frame, takes us to the theme song. Uh, where I have no notes this week, though I really wish I did so that I didn't have to get into the next scene, okay. which is Harry's house. What do you got? Yes. I was I was just going to take over on it for you so you don't have to think about it. Tim is at Harry's Thank house. You. It's a place that we've never seen before. They're both sitting never and seen watching this, yeah. hockey. And, and it looks exactly like any war veteran's house that I've seen. Yeah. I guess I... I don't know. I guess I haven't seen <laughs> like, many war veterans' there's houses. There's always... It's just like it, there's a freestanding television that's not against the wall. It's just kind of in the center of the room. There's a lazy boy that is parked too close to it that's not equally adjacent to the couch. There's a single framed painting, maybe of a barn in the background <laughs> on the floral print wallpaper. It where was it's like the wife did what she could to assert some sort of homeliness to the the house either but... either that or it was just in the house when they moved in and and no one took it down <laughs> uh it just uh, to me it really fit the character yeah yeah i mean it definitely it, at at no point did i look at this and think this is out of character for harry like it makes sense mm -hmm. that harry and dolores would live there and sure enough dolores is in the kitchen and right off the bat Harry asks Dolores to get Tim a new beer, and Dolores says, well, I just got off work, I'm starving to death, and my feet are swelled up like bloated toads, and... And, okay, this starts my my hatred with Harry. Here we go. Well, that... no, it, it, no, your hatred with Harry started a long time ago, Landon. It did, Don't it act did. like this it is a very fresh much grudge. Did. In this particular episode, 
it, it speaks to a specific kind of toxic relationship you have with people where it's like, I can hear the argument they had back in the day about him, you know, if you want something, ask for it and ask nicely. And it's evolved into this, which is, hey, Dolores, you going to get Tim another beer, please? Where he's using all of the right words, but not the right tone or maybe even the order of the words. Yeah. Um, it just it spoke to the hist- the gross, awful history of the relationship. Yes. Yes. And uh, so, yeah, so she... You know, he said he doesn't even really acknowledge the fact that she is, you know, tired and has been has been serving people all day and doesn't necessarily want to do that right after work. So then Tim offers to get it himself. But Harry insists, no, 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 no. You're a guest in my house. All you know, you are not going to get your own beer. And then Harry gets up. He adjusts the lumbar support pillow on his recliner and then sits back down again, which say what you will about Harry in terms of blocking and choreographing a joke is pretty funny. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> and uh, so then Tim gets up to go get a beer and then there's a knock at the door and Harry looks at Dolores and Dolores looks at Harry and Harry looks at Dolores and Dolores looks at Harry. <laughs> and finally, we're Tim stuck in an endless loop. Oh, God. Yeah, it just it's just it's just that forever. That is you in hell. Um, <laughs> but Tim goes to get the door and it's Harry and Dolores's son, Dennis. Hey, everybody. It's Dennis. Have we seen Dennis, Dennis. before? We have never met Dennis. Okay. And I, I, I'm I, hesitant whether I want to go into the character actor now or save it for a darker part of this episode. Wow. But fuck it. Let's go into it. Um, Dennis is played by an actor. Uh, I, I, and you I might figured. Have, <laughs> you might have heard of this actor. His name is David DeLuise. No, uh, son most- of Dom? Son of Dom, and oh. most popularly known from Witches of Waverly Place, hence the reference in my opening salvo. Uh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, I And listen, okay, I'm not tooting my own horn. Like, this was the pinnacle. The pinnacle of my acting career was not getting something, so I know where my place in the acting world is. But uh, the biggest thing I was ever up for was playing his cousin on an episode of Wizards, uh, which is Wizards of Waverly Place. Good Lord, I can't speak. Wow. Um, so this- uh, that and as we I think got to the bottom of it, it went to Jeff Garland. So like, what the fuck were those casting directors thinking? <laughs> There's kind of yeah. There wait. So the part that you auditioned for went to Jeff Garland, who is yeah. 30 years older than you are? <laughs> Maybe not that much older than me, but definitely 30 years more experienced. Uh, a million years more funny. Um, well, I don't know. Well, I mean, look, I, say what you will about Curb, but I think our podcast is pretty funny. Don't sell yourself short is all I'm saying. <laughs> well, we work in different venues for sure, but I, I don't know. I think Jeff Garland's one of the funniest guys around. Um, oh. So, like... I'm not going to complain about that. But uh, David DeLuise, he is the son of Dom DeLuise and, in fact, got his acting start with 123 credits um, starring, not starring, but having small parts in some of his dad's, uh, not the height of his career, stuff like Hot Stuff mm. and Happy and uh, what was what's another? He had a very small part as a villager in Robin Hood Met in Tights, which his father also had a small part in. I feel like um, I feel like Dom DeLuise, Don't read too much into this statement. Had a lot of small parts. Uh, like his career had a long t- 
Like, I don't feel like I've ever seen Dom DeLuise in anything but a small part. Like, the main thing I'm remembering him from <laughs> is the Muppet movie, where he is in one scene, like most of the major actors in that movie. Well, he, he comes from a, a era of actors that you could be a celebrity, which I, I realize that there there's kind of this nowadays with some people, but it, it's different. Where Dom DeLuise, as a personality, could exist on, like, the Dean Martin roasts and Johnny Carson's show, and, like, that was part of the, you know, like, you wouldn't have Dom DeLuise as an, a comedian if you didn't have the supplemental stuff to go with these parts in the movies. This is the same ecosystem that, that you know, nourished people like Tiny Tim and uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, Rip Taylor and things like that. Just sort of personalities uh, yeah. that showed up on late yeah. night shows. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he, he was in a, a bunch of his father's uh, stuff, but then he started getting um, parts in TV shows like Saved by the Bell, The College Hears, Lois and Clark, Blossom, mm. Uh, mm. Ellen, Sequest 2032, um, did a lot of stuff with Mel Brooks. He actually was, uh, not the first, surprisingly, um, uh, person to appear on the Dave Chappelle show Buddies that was a very unofficial spinoff of this show, of Home Improvement. Oh, wow. Oh, I guess his character uh, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Kind of, kind of. Kind of. You know, I think it was more like the producers saw how good of a package him and, and, Jim Brewer were, let's try to make a show out of it. Uh, he started with Pamela Anderson on VIP. Oh. And uh, obviously I had mentioned which, uh, Wizards of Waverly Place. Um, I think I said witches earlier, and I meant wizards. I, I, th uh, I think everyone, you're not going to get letters. No one will correct you. You've corrected yourself. I don't I don't know. The, the David DeLuise fan club is robust. <laughs> that is not a Dom DeLuise joke. Was he on ER? Uh, I'm going to say... Wait, was he on NYPD Blue? Mm, I don't believe he was. No. Uh, no, he was not on ER. There's not a movie called Mojave Phone Booth. What the fuck is this? Oh, it's about that phone booth out in the Mojave Desert, probably. I mean, I'm not. Is just, that a thing? That is a thing. Out in the out in the middle of the Mojave Desert, there is a single completely unattended phone booth that is with bullet holes and graffiti its yeah, windows broken yeah it's functioning like but the, huh. yeah they they put they put it out there in like the 60s or the 70s like if you break down out here you need to be able to call for help but then it's also just kind of captured the imaginations of people driving <laughs> the extraterrestrial highway and, interesting and on your right you will see lots of endless desert this is the most boring <laughs> tour in the world you drive into the middle of nowhere to see one thing that also stars Steve Kutenberg. So, no, he's not on NYPD Blue. Uh, then, no, he's not on ER. He was on an episode of ER in 2005 that called Blame It on the Rain in season 12. Sucks. Apparently, it's a pretty good episode. It was uh, rated 8.0 on oh. IMDb. Okay, well, shame on me for not watching it. I, I didn't tune in. Um, uh, can we talk about Dom DeLuise's career a little bit more before we leave this character? Uh, yeah, Landon, let's just let's just put in another 15 minutes on Dom DeLuise. Okay, That's great. what people tune in for. Uh, look, let's let's not talk about that. Let's talk about why Dennis is at the house. He's come in okay. to hook up the, that that craze of the late 90s that everyone was talking about. <laughs> hook up the video phone. Say what? That's right. Video phone. It's like. 
uh, he he's got the, his job. Uh, he's bounced around in his career some, but now he's installing home technology systems, and he's hooking up the video some, phone. Some ideas are too far ahead of their time. In 1997, I think home owners and and phone owners were only ready for call um caller id yeah yeah like they had just gotten adjusted to answering machines they still weren't ready for the concept of a phone that follows you around yeah you know but i have it in my head based on this and and the movie the disney channel original movie first kid which came out at <laughs> roughly this time because there, there's a scene in the movie First the Kid. The Sinbad one on. starring Zachary Ty Bryan? Yes, that one. Oh, shit, that is Zachary Ty Bryan. Yeah. Fuck. Okay, and well, I don't think it's a TV movie. I think that was a legit movie. It was a, I it, believe I saw that in the theater. Oh, man. Well, okay. That, okay, this is... I don't remember much from the movie First Kid. Evidently, I don't remember <laughs> that one of the stars of the show I've been making a podcast about for four years was in it. Um, even though we've probably talked about it before. Look, what I remember is that early on in the movie, uh, Zachary Ty Bryan's dad, the president has just moved into the White House, and there is this brief shot... He plays the friend of the kid. He, he's not the oh, main Oh, he's, he's not the first... Okay, that's why I forgot. Zachary Ty Bryan, very good at playing the friend of the main character. I feel like he's <laughs> he's done that a lot in his career. Um, but he's just moved into the White House, and there's this shot of his dad on a video phone call with Bill Clinton, and Bill Clinton going like, I can't find my saxophone. I think I left it someplace in there. Can you... I'm, I guess my, all of my impressions become Hank Hill. Propane, and I did not have sexual relations <laughs> with that gas. <laughs> Completely different regions of the South. I, yes, I agree. And, and you know, I have such a great ear for accents and voices and respecting people's heritage. <laughs> it goes West Texas, East Texas, Texarkana, then Arkansas. Oh, right. My bad. My bad. I went, <laughs> you know, Arlen moved a little, a little bit uh, east. The point is, he's on this video phone call with Bill Clinton. I remember watching the movie as a kid and thinking like, oh, wow, I guess that's what rich and powerful people have is video phones. And one day we'll all have them. Li- little did I realize that we just have never wanted it. And after the past year and a half, <laughs> we've had to use it and no one likes it. But I yeah. don't know. It, it just seems like that point in time, because First Kid was made at roughly the same period. It seems like there was this time in the late 90s when the technology was suddenly available and all the early adopters went all in on video phones and then just kind of <laughs> didn't. No one else followed them and they were all. Yeah. Does anyone want to get a video phone so we can talk? I just got one. <laughs> just like the early adapters of CDs, I feel like they everyone bought uh, massive CD play. Not everyone. The people that were into it bought massive like entire entertainment center sized CD systems. And it wasn't until they could make them portable that CDs really took them off. Yes. <laughs> took off. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and so the, and this I think. Then this episode goes on to illustrate, I think, the main problem with a video phone is that as he's hooking it up, he explains that, oh, well, we got one hooked up at the hardware store, and, like, that's pretty, like, so there's, like, one at Harry's hardware, and there's one video store at Harry's house, so now Harry can talk on video to whoever's at the hardware store, and they can (laughs) see his house, and that's that. I. Yeah, I, I've got a few notes here. Yeah. Uh, I, I was trying my hardest to stay out of the muck, but I'm going to get into it. Um, so when he, he unveils the uh, the video phone uh, and says that he has one set up at the hardware store, Harry chimes in and says, Dolores loves it. I call it must nag TV. Yeah. Um, 
Dennis uh, says that he's been working and selling these systems for a new electronics company. Tim's like, oh, that's, you know, he hands him the business card. Tim's like, oh, that's a great company. Uh, last time I saw you, though, you were selling real estate. And Harry chimes in, but yeah, he was. But then he was a salesman, then a bank teller, then a waiter. Oh, and then he went into his human human guinea pig period. Um, I, I don't like Harry. <laughs> Gee, gee, Harry, what happened? Did the economy change somehow between when you, you know, graduated high school, joined the army, came home and opened a hardware store, and the <laughs> 90s when NAFTA fucked everything up? Oh, I don't know. God. Uh, um, and, uh, but Dennis, Dennis is actually thrilled with this new job uh, to the point where he's describing it and Tim can't get a word in edgewise. He's like, technology's changing every day, uh, and I get to be right in the middle of it, and I get paid for it. And Tim's yeah. like, boy, you are perky. And Harry chimes in. He takes after his mother. Hey. Uh, and Dolores is sitting off to the side and says, shut up, Harry. And my note was, yeah, shut the fuck up, Harry. Yeah, yeah, make like Donnie <laughs> and the Big Lebowski and shut the fuck up. <laughs> Um, so Tim is asking Dennis about home automation and says, what if I wanted to flush my toilet from my car? And now you were, you were more amazed with the video phone. I was more amazed by the concept of home automation in 1997 and that that found its way into this episode because I'm someone who's a big proponent of, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not advocating for the cult of Apple, but I am in, integrated into the cult of Apple. Yeah. So I have the home system with, that can control all the lights in my house. Uh, once I become a homeowner, I will be that idiot who has, you know, uh, a camera set up on the front of his house that I can look at through my phone and control my locks and control my thermostat, all of that stuff. Cause it's just so convenient. I love home automation. I had no idea it was such a thing back in 1997. I, you know, I guess, I guess I was mainly reacting to the video phone because that's the actual prop that we get to look at and you see it demonstrated. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. I, I do, I do kind of love that everyone's so big on home automation because I, 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 yeah, they, they just the fact that it's great that you're gung-ho about it, but this is, like, a really inconvenient time. Like, I, I feel like the only way you can automate it is you have to, like, go to a phone and then punch a bunch of... Oh, in 1997, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, I saw... There's a Mystery Science Theater 3000 short from, like, the 1960 World's Fair or whatever from, like, done by... <laughs> by Pacific Bell or some phone company that's all about the house of the future. You can stop at a phone booth and call your house and turn on your air conditioning from the road so it'll be nice and cool for you. And I just, I, I don't know, I, I, I kind of, I, the, thinking of all the work and technology that goes into automating your home in the late 20th century when you still, ha in order to use <laughs> any of the automation, you have to yeah. dig up a landline phone and probably dial in 7,000 numbers and it may or may not work. Well, as we learn in the stinger of this episode, it is connected to a computer. So, uh, I mean, it's not a it's a clunky ass computer, but um, you don't have to dial in. Um, anyway, yeah. Back to the scene. Tim says, can I flush my toilet from my car? And uh, Dennis is like, well, you could, but then you'd be a strange, strange man. Oh, which he, he already is, Dennis. He already is. I like that because that is a line that Tim used to use on Al all of the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What goes around comes around, Tim. The ah. Justice has been automated now, too. Um, <laughs> so he shows... He, so he... You know, Tim is talking to Dennis about, can you install a second phone line for me? And Harry is dubious about having his kid work for his friends. But, 
you know, Tim Tim wants the yeah, second Yeah, Dolores is the one that makes oh. the suggestion that Dennis automate Tim's home. This is what gets Harry on his feet and saying that, uh, oh, no, 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 Tim doesn't like to be pushed into buying things. And Tim says, oh, yes, I do. Uh, and to that, I was just, my in all caps, wrote, oh, yes, he does. You do it all the fucking time, Harry, you lazy piece of shit. Yes. Because uh, he's at the hardware pushing things on Tim every day of his life. Yeah, t- Tim's ill-conceived purchases are what paid for all those beers you've been not bringing him. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Dennis says, of course, he can do it. Uh, in fact, uh, he'll, he might even try to sell him on a video phone while he's there. Um, and this is where they test it by calling the hardware store. And Al answers the video phone uh, just saying, Harry's hardware. This is Al. In, and in looking cr- into the camera lens. Incredibly grainy black and white footage. Like, why? Yes. Like, honestly, I feel like I can see, I can see <laughs> you more clearly right now. And we're just talking on an audio it's phone. <laughs> original Game Boy graphics. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 it lets us briefly imagine a Game Boy game where it's just Al looking out of the screen at you and you get to talk to him. <laughs> uh Tim ends the scene by saying there're just some things you don't want to see, but he's on your own show, Tim. I, what are you saying? My my Hi. note my note was just these people are not ready for Zoom. Um <laughs> So back at home, With the Next scene slides into position. Jill's working on her laptop when Tim comes over. Technology all over the place. Video phones, <laughs> laptops, that's it. Uh, so, yeah, Tim has convinced Jill to, to go along with the second phone line, but they're in the midst of yep. this uh, fracas over Tim wanting to automate everything and Jill insisting, no, 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 just the second phone line. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of like this moment, so I want to call it out. Yeah. Uh, as he, He's like, okay, so he's going to come over and install the second phone line, but while he's here, can he, no, he can, no, automate, no. <laughs> like, Jill won't even let him get... Uh, a sentence out, um, and I just I love that. Yeah, it's it's um, it's the jokes you don't make that are that are sometimes yep. the best. And he says, "Okay, fine, I'll just call him uh, and get him to install the second phone lines." And he walks over to the phone uh, to give him a call. But Mark is on the phone, uh, even though Jill told him to get off an hour ago. And my note was, "Ooh, <laughs> this begins Mark's bad boy phase. He's not listening anymore." This is, yeah, and it's, you know, he's listening in on the phone, and it's just the first guy. Okay, once again, Mr. Taylor, if you, if, if in level, in World 3-2, <laughs> if you, if you just get the, if you get the flying hat with the wings on it, you can fly right over the Goombas, and then throw a fireball you, down. If you hold down on the white block, you can go behind the, the graphics and then fly into a secret door at the end of the level. Um... <laughs> Tim, if you, uh, uh, if you if if you push the controller all the way to the right when you hit multiplayer, you can select odd job before the other people, and then you've got the shortest <laughs> character who can't get shot. It's that simple, Mr. Taylor. Please stop calling. Tim picks up the receiver again and tells Mark to uh, quit. The, he says, "Quit the girly chit chat and get off the phone." Um, okay, okay. Uh, bringing this back to being old, this is the other thing that I think has been lost to time which is having a single phone line in the house meant that you could pick up a receiver from any other phone in the house and hear the conversation that somebody else was having yeah which i only say because it felt weird to see that in action and i'm like oh i forgot how primitive uh and awful things used to be 
yeah, it's like, you know, I'm watching that and I'm thinking like, God, that's so bad. That's such a nightmare for privacy. Like anyone in the house can hear your conversation. <laughs> I'm so much I'm so much yeah. happier that now we just have phones with cameras in them that may or may not be turned on at will by some outside <laughs> force. Uh, <sighs> yeah, but it was. He turns to, was he, yeah, he turns to Jill and says, um, big news. Katie likes Trevor. And uh, <laughs> Jill's like, Katie likes Trevor. I thought Katie likes Justin, but Justin likes Chloe. So. <laughs> I like that Jill's getting caught up in the high school drama. I, I, I do, too. And I feel like there is a whole episode. I don't know. There's just so much that could be done with, like, the way that Jill wants to be above it all, but also is low-key yes. obsessed with all of the gossip and drama <laughs> of Tim's old high school crush or the boys' yep. high school drama. Um, uh, Mark, at this point, Mark comes stomping down the stairs and says, Dad, don't you ever do that again. That was a really important phone call. Uh, Mark is playing this for keeps yeah he he this is like his uh you know submit me for an emmy yeah yeah this uh, is this is going in his reel definitely (laughs) so and and tim goes who do you think you're talking to and mark goes not my friends thanks to you and it was just me like i just touched my chest like that's a good line that's (laughs) i would never i would never think of that in the heat of the moment i would be so worked up that i'd just start crying so that's really that's really well done mark uh, and Tim is incensed by this, uh, and reactively says, well, how would you like to go a week without a phone call? And Mark just starts to stomp off upstairs saying, this bites. And, uh, I wrote a note to myself saying, I need to bring back bites. That's a, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah, we really do. <laughs> uh, and Tim, Tim does not like that and says, well, how about three weeks? Um, he says, which Jill says, it, yeah, he says, how about three weeks without a phone call? That'll bite. And that just... Tim using the word bite is enough to get a laugh from the audience. That's where, like, the, the slang was new enough back then that to hear Tim repurposing yeah. it was funny. <laughs> uh, Jill then, you know, walks into the kitchen with Tim uh, after Mark is gone and says, wasn't that a little extreme? And Tim's like, well, what would you have done? Given him a warning? You give me warnings all the time. Does that ever do any good? She goes, <laughs> she kind of walks away defeated and goes, no, but I still have hope for the children. <laughs> you gotta admit that's funny that's good that's like a good bit no i'll admit that's funny yeah yeah Yeah, okay um the the in fact the mark thing was the beginning of like exposing the raw nerve for me Mm -hmm. uh and then the hairy stuff is really what just kind of plays with it so um that's you know whatever this is therapy work this week for me (laughs) well well, look elaborate on that or actually don't elaborate on that elaborate on what (laughs) happens in the next scene I will. We get a warning sign that transitions us to the kitchen uh, of the Taylor home. Dennis is installing the wiring for the second phone line and says uh, he's got a big bunch of wires in his hands. (laughs) Says the last guy who did this uh, wiring didn't know what he was doing. Um, Tim kind of takes it in stride and says, well, that guy isn't allowed to work here anymore. (laughs) And then Dennis is talking about his plan to finish it. And he's going to run this wire upstairs and pull the thing down and through and everything. And Tim goes, oh, can Mm -hmm. I help? And Dennis goes, I thought you weren't allowed to work here anymore, which is. (laughs) And he gives this like little smile, too. Yeah, a a clever little turn. And also say what you will about Dennis and Harry. Clearly, they talk at least enough for Harry to tell Dennis about all of Tim's regular <laughs> fuck-ups and disasters around the house. So well, they have I, some I have to imagine that he's he's been around. I mean, okay, here's a question for you, because my note here was all I see is Brad uh, in Dennis. Like, there, there's a Bradliness to him that I'm like, this is Brad in 
10 years, maybe? How old do you think Dennis is? I can't quite pinpoint Mm, that either. He's older than Brad's manager at the sporting goods store, the 23-year-old millionaire. Um, (laughs) But uh, I don't know. He's probably like, what, 20... He's in his 20s. Yeah, 26, 26. He's he's in his late 20s. Early, late 20s. Uh... Then uh, Dennis gets a page. It's another customer that needs him. He wants to get the job done right. Uh, He doesn't want to rush it through. So uh, he asks Tim, can you get by with just the one phone line for now? Tim says, yeah, I haven't used the phone since Katie started dating Justin. Um, (laughs) I kind of like that line. Uh, Now, I want to get something straight here, Truman. They don't address it in the episode, but it does affect how I feel about this episode. So I want you and I to get to... I want it, you and I to get. I'm gonna. Okay, you have the scone. I'll have the tea. Okay. Let's talk this out. Do you think munch <laughs> crumbs all over the mic? Go on. <laughs> crumbs scones are so crummy. They are the crummiest of the pastries. Mm, um, have you heard of croissants? Flakes are different than crumbs, sir. Okay, dude. I'm sorry. Okay, you get this point of order out of the way. <laughs> then we have to have a long discussion about baked goods because flakes and crumbs are. <laughs> Maybe they're not the same thing, <laughs> okay. but they're cousins. Um, they're, I'll give you that. Okay, here's this is an important question, really yeah. important to this this episode. Good. Is Tim paying Dennis to do this work? There's there's no way Dennis is doing this for free. It, it's Dennis is in business, and this is like this is like legit. Well, like he's opened the, he's doing wiring. He's opened the wall. I get that Tim yeah. is a moocher and a grifter, but there's no way that uh, this is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they they don't address it in the episode. It the answer to that question changes the degree to which I get mad at this episode. I tend to agree with you that, of course, you know, if you know, say something about Midwest uh, politeness, and like, of course, people are going to offer to do things for free. Oh, you don't have to pay me. Ah, oh, don't worry about it. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's always this idea of the older generation saying, oh, you know, I got this, you know, you're just starting out. I'd like to help support you. So, you know, I'll, I'm paying for this. You know, there's that argument that goes back and forth for about three days, yeah. <laughs> uh, three days time uh, before that gets settled. Yeah, um, yeah. But I have to imagine that Tim, uh, whether or not Dennis has... Uh, <laughs> politely refused tim is going to pay for this job yeah tim is going to pay for the and there might be you know i wouldn't be surprised if they negotiated some kind of or not if they negotiated if dennis offered a lower rate on account of tim being friends with his dad yeah but this is getting paid for certainly okay good okay so i want to put a pin in that because that's going to come into my um my umbrage with harry in the next scene but okay. uh want to call out this transition so tim tim says i haven't used the phone since katie started dating justin and we get a post-it note transition with a bunch of messages on the notes um i was able to pause it and read the notes on all of the post-its yeah um I was hoping I, I every time I do this, I keep hoping for some like so uh, thinking that there'd be no technology in the future where people can freeze frame and go frame by frame to read everything that's written. But I have to give it to these people. They stick with the the mythology of the show. Really? Here are some of the bullet points that are, are put up there. Uh, Jill, call Patty. Big news. Ooh. Patty is the photographer from the last episode. The right. The, 
friend from school. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, they didn't have to use a character name there. I'm curious what the big news is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she She's getting married to Al now. <laughs> Randy practices at eight. Mark, friend called, would not leave his name. Ooh. Okay, a lot of mystery <laughs> Jill. here. Patty called. No classes tomorrow. Brad, call Justin. I thought Justin was Mark's friend. Um, Maybe there's multiple Brad. Justins. <laughs> Ashley now has the same questions as Heather. Uh, Brad, Ashley is now Heather's friend. What? Brad, when do you get a just, uh, driver's license? Justin wants to know. Tim, Marty called. Can he borrow your sander? Tim, call Al. Randy, Katie called. Does Justin still want to date? So I thought... Katie was Mark's friend who's calling Brad. Uh, this whole drama that's happening here is really robust. I want to get to the bottom of that. We, instead need, of what we need to get Jill on the show to fill us in on all of the ins <laughs> and outs of this. She would be able to straighten it out for us. Uh, Tim Garage says the part is ready. Randy called Lauren. Uh, Mark called Billy. Who Billy, Where he hasn't factored into this B- drama B- yet. That's, um, it's Billy Zane. He was big at the time. <laughs> Uh, I think he probably ghosted from the show because he was the Phantom. Ooh. Okay, we go to or or because or because he got offered a movie role that was so big it was Titanic. Um, <laughs> let that one die on the vine. <laughs> Sink like the Titanic. Ah, there you go. Later. Um. Brad and Randy come down complaining about Dennis being gone for so long and Jill uh, being on the phone. They can't make any of their important social phone calls. Yep. Uh, Brad says Ashley's probably married by now. <laughs> and Mark uh, Mark is in the kitchen just says, well, by the time my, I get to speak to my friends, I'll be in a retirement home. <laughs> and then Randy goes, Mark, quit exaggerating. You don't have any friends. And <laughs> I and Mark fumes and, and stomps off. And I just remember thinking, like, Randy, don't. Don't push him, because he's close to the edge. <laughs> uh, well, Tim pushes him a little bit here, too, because before Randy even says his thing, Tim, like, mock cries, which is, like, the one thing that I makes me want to punch people in the face. I am not a violent person, but if you do that to somebody, you know, and mean it, like, go fuck yourself so hard. Uh, you know, and, um, and I, I agree that's very aggravating. I would just, I feel like I've heard you list a number of things that make you want to punch people in the face. So, no, nope, only one thing. Listeners, go back <laughs> six seasons, uh, pull it together. Nope. Yeah, I'll throw another I don't, I don't want that mirror reflected at me. <laughs> um, well, look, we hold a mirror up to society on this show. We should probably hold the mirror up to ourselves once in a while. Um, I don't. I, unlike the Joker, I don't live in a society. Oh, sh- um, that's why you moved to Wisconsin. It's outside of society. <laughs> uh, you Tim, live in the void. Tim, Tim pulls Brad and Randy aside and says that, I think I can get this wire through the wall myself uh, if you could just distract your mom. <laughs> and, you know, they're so dis- desperate here that they agree and begin to uh, engage in this ruse. And Tim tells Randy, just sit there and wave your arms around so she doesn't big, see me. Big hands. And this big is hands. my funniest my my funniest joke of uh, the episode was this moment with Randy just trying to distract Jill. I, I agree. Waving his hands <laughs> for no reason. For yeah. no reason. Yeah. No. Just just sitting there leaning against the the uh, counter with Tim kind of using his body to shield him as he's fucking with the wires, and Randy just listlessly <laughs> waving his hands over his head. <laughs> A thing that seems more likely to draw your mother's attention. <laughs> exactly exactly um 
But, uh, of course, Tim pulls on it and pulls the whole phone unit out of the wall. Uh, there's a big hole in the wall now. Um, <laughs> he asks Randy to wave his, wave his arms even more, but Jill's phone gets cut off and uh, phone call gets cut off, and she's like, what the hell happened? She sees the big hole in the wall. Um, yeah. And <laughs> she's like, why couldn't you wait for Dennis? And and like around the same time as this has happened, then Harry arrives, and he comes Ding over dong. to drop off lunch for Dennis, and then he finds out that Dennis left in the middle of the job, and then he's super he pissed see, off. Yeah, he sees... He sees the big hole in the wall and thinks that Dennis did it, but that wasn't the case. It was that Dennis left Tim with a hole in the wall, and Tim he knows what Tim does with holes in the wall. Yeah. Uh, that, that can be construed in some really gross, nasty ways if you don't know the context for the show. Um, also, I don't know that it's totally unfactual either. But ugh, well, um, I mean, they do they do have their fuck spots. Um, in in this moment of Harry trying to parse out what's happened dennis does appear says sorry i'm late and then he also goes whoa what happened and tim's like that guy that guy showed up <laughs> um good callback uh yeah funny bit funny but bit. T- okay 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 sherman <sighs> breathing exercises yep yep Harry yep in out leans into dennis here saying how could you leave my friend stranded for three hours and dennis is like i guess i got a little overbooked And Harry is so pissed that Dennis would treat his friend like this. Uh, He says that he's going to stay and watch Dennis do the job. And he's like, you're just going to sit here and breathe down my neck while I do this? Can't you trust me to do the job? Trust you to screw it up. And he's like, that's fine. That's it. I'm out of here. Fine. Run away. Um, Yeah. He's like, I'm going to make sure that uh, I get someone else who knows what they're doing. Slams a thing that I lost energy out of it. Okay. Jill has <laughs> a good... You. Jill, in trying to diffuse this, has a great line at one point where she says, you don't have to be so hard on him. Our walls always look like that. <laughs> um, Fair point, yeah. But, Thank you for that. So, so yeah, basically, Harry uh, publicly humiliates his son in front of customers and harasses him until he storms out. And then Harry, in mm-hmm. turn, storms out and slams the door so hard that a bunch of debris rain down out of the hole of the, the wall. intercom. Yes. The intercom also falls out of it and ends with a funny joke uh, of Brad just going, just the voice of Brad who was upsp- upstairs trying to help Tim with the wire. You just hear him go, Dad, wh- what should I do? <laughs> <laughs> and and Tim, Tim, you know, pushes the button on the, on the intercom and just goes, take up the lost art of letter writing, which, <laughs> which I regret to inform you is funny. That's a good bit. It is. I agree with that. Uh, and I also support the lost art of letter writing. It's something I actually uh, actively do. Oh. So uh, if you if you want to write me a letter, I wish I had a post office box for you to send it to because I'm not going to give you my address out <laughs> on the air. If you want, if you want to creep on Landon in person, though, uh, he you don't need a post office box for that. <laughs> Um, just just send it to Landon Care of Madison, Wisconsin. I'm sure it'll get here somehow. How many Landons um, could there be? <laughs> too many. So, okay, here's to bring up my my point of order earlier to this point of uh, between Harry and Dennis. My issue is that if oh God, um, Tim is paying. Wait, I don't I don't even know what where my issues are anymore. If Tim's a paying customer, then it makes a little more sense for Harry to be to be mad, I guess, but 
at the same time, if Tim is a paying customer, he has no say in the parent conversation because it's a professional business conversation. Yes. Like, and to Tim's point in the next scene um, where he gets in a fight with Jill, he says that Harry's just being a parent and making sure that his kid is responsible, to which I say, he's not his boss. Yeah. It, it, the, Harry has no point of doing anything at all. He doesn't even have to be support. He can be an asshole, lazy asshole on the thing asking Dolores to get him a beer every day of his life and not be supportive of his son. He just doesn't need to do anything at all regarding Dennis's business. Like if he if he just stayed completely out of Dennis, like he's only making this worse by his involvement. He's actively being bad. Yes. Is exacerbating this and making it harder for his son to be successful at this career that he, you know, his son, who's jumped around for but a he, bunch of different jobs looking for a career he likes, Harry is now yeah. making it harder for his son to be successful in that career. And we'll we'll get to more points on that later in the episode, and I want to be done with this sooner than later, so let's keep going. We get a letter transition. I also pause it. We got a letter to Angela at five uh, 25727 Emerson uh, Road in Royal Oak, Michigan, uh, 48128. Um, that zip code is actually Dearborn, so... So, worst show ever. Two thumbs down. (laughs) (laughs) We gotta repeat this. Seventh grade home improvement. Into the kitchen. Um... Tim tries to uh, Tim tiptoes through the kitchen, then tries to fuss with the wires, and Jill just appears and startles him. And yeah, says, don't even think about it. Um, and they talk about Harry and Dennis. Yep, yep. Jill was upset that Harry was so hard on Dennis, and 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 Tim is defending Harry's behavior and said, well, "Why? That- Why? This is what I don't understand about this episode. Why is Tim sticking up for Harry? Because Harry's because a- it's it's we've already seen." Examples of Tim going, oh, I don't know if I agree with how you are, your, you know, the dynamic in your relationship. I don't know if I care about, you know, he, Tim has already stuck up for Dennis more than Harry has in this episode. So why is he now sticking up for Harry just because Jill says, you know, um, what she says about their relationship? Well, yeah, because Harry, he's sticking up for Harry because Harry's a man and he's talking to a woman. <sighs> That's like, precisely it. Yeah, that's that's a fucking all, thing. Yeah, it's welcome welcome to the show, Landon. Welcome to what we do on this show. <laughs> so Tim's Tim says, What would Dennis be like if Harry wasn't so hard on him all the time? And Jill goes, Happy? And Tim she, goes she, just, she has this performance she does this thing every once in a while where she kind of gets lost in her own head and has this like thousand yard stare when Tim is asking her a question that's like posing a better view of the world if things were that way yeah yeah it happens every once in a while and she's just like oh he'd be happy yeah happy (laughs) and and then and then tim goes and what would the world be like if everyone was just happy all the time and jill just goes a happy world (laughs) now in the past this is where i feel like it's a backward step for the show because in the past a line like that is like how would everyone in the world be or how would the world be if everyone walked around happy I feel like what they've learned is they could use that line, but have Tim say it knowing that what he just said was absurd. Yeah. And that it becomes a joke. But he then follows it up by doubling down on the viewpoint by saying that, you know, Harry did his job. Kids also need to be responsible. Uh, He lists everything that Dennis did wrong, you know, leaving for three hours, and that it was Harry's job as a parent to try to straighten things out and make sure that he's, you know, being responsible. They take the talk outside. Uh, and Jill brings up Mark. Yep. And 
And, you know, Jill is saying that is the, you know, Tim, you're being too hard on Mark. As the boys get older, like they're all teenagers, they're going to mouth off to you more. You need to pick your battles because you can't be fighting them all the time. And this is where Tim said, do you want, do you want to say it, Landon, or is it going to make you too upset? (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah. So, no, I'll say it. I got it. I got it. I I need this. I need to work Yeah, this this. is, welcome to catharsis work. (laughs) Um... So they walk back inside, and he's like, have you tried to straighten, like you tried to straighten out Mark? Uh, Thanks to me, he's not talking on the phone anymore. Uh, That's what Tim says. And Jill says, well, thanks to you, nobody is. Um, And says, you know, I think you just need to, you know, pick your battles and be a little more sensitive. And Tim, you know, puts on this, you know, affront uh, of like, okay, Great. Next time one of them mouths off, I'll take them out for tea, and while they're buttering their scone, I'll ask them what they what punishment they prefer. Yeah. And it's just like, no one is fucking asking you to do that, Tim. Yeah, you're the why one who mentioned you, scones. Why are you pushing it here? Yeah. Why? Why? Okay, so listen. Here are my, here's what I broke this down to. A, Dennis is a grown man who is a child not he's not a child and doesn't need a parent anymore right we've established he's in his mid to late 20s mm-hmm. why does he still need a parent tim he doesn't okay b uh we've already established whether or not tim is paying for dentistry that changes my entire conversation we did that okay uh c harry is a dick um and so is tim <laughs> and uh none of this argument that they're having is one i ever want to hear again mm-hmm. uh and d um my note was okay boomer yeah, yeah. That, well, that 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 fourth note is the most accurate of them. I mean, that's really what this position <laughs> is. This, that, what what Tim what Tim says. The whole uh, I'm just gonna take them out for tea, and will they butter their scones? Ask what their punishment they feel best about. I mean, that is the that that is what one of this country's two political parties is basically that statement. That is basically now that yes. is what what half of politics is, is is just like, "Oh, you think I shouldn't be as cruel as possible? Fine, let's just go pat everyone on the head and give them little kisses. That's what you want, isn't it?" So, <laughs> I actually I I think that would make this a happier world. I wouldn't I, mind walking out the door and getting patted on the head and getting little kisses. You you would That sounds nice. No, Landon, you, I'm going to tell you you would I agree that just generally society should be more loving and and without strings attached and more charitable to other people. I just am going to tell you you would not like getting patted on the head and ki- you were you were complaining just now about birds dive bombing you whenever you leave your apartment. They're, what if they're just trying to pat you on the head? You don't like that. Well, I see that's the thing is I think there's such a stigma about getting patted on the head that it is an emasculating act that we need to change the conversation around it so that there isn't stigma and that we take it for the loving term of endearment that it is. The, the patriarchy has ruined so many things, but most of all they've <laughs> ruined head patting. Uh, so We go into our Wilson scene. Yes, we do. And uh, Wilson is doing something called I Ching, which is where you, uh, it's an old ancient Chinese secret. He's reading, I I had a question about this, because he's reading from the I Ching, which is the, you know, uh, ancient Chinese book of philosophy. Uh, Now, I'm going to fully admit, I personally have never known there to be an aspect of it where you throw coins and divine an answer from a question that you pose to it. It's a big Maybe country. that's a thing. Maybe it's maybe it's not. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there's no cultural joke left unturned on the show. And Tim says, ah, yes, the eaching and the scratching and the f- chafing. That's why I switched to boxer- boxers. I, you know, 
Could could have been worse. Uh, and <laughs> so Tim asks if you know they, they get to talking about Dennis and Harry and and. Wilson says, yes, when it comes to criticizing Dennis, Harry has quite the lexicon. And Tim goes, lexicon? No, he drives a Buick. Uh, And then (laughs) Wilson reveals that he heard at the coffee shop that Dennis is planning to leave town. And uh, he he said, and and yeah, let's not glaze over the fact (laughs) that Wilson and Dolores are fucking so hard. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yes. (laughs) Yes, that makes me suddenly feel a little better about Dolores. Yeah, you know what? I makes me, me feel better. Yeah. Everything, just knowing that Wilson is is you know show, showing <laughs> her what what a real man who respects women can do. Um, yes, uh, but so yes, he so he got word of this from his, you know at the quote unquote coffee shop, more like in in bed while tracing lazy circles around her uh, shoulder with my finger. No, um, no, no, sir, in the coffee shop. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty hot coffee. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, so, so, you know, Tim is worried about this because then if he leaves town, who's going to finish my phone among other things. Mm-hmm. And Wilson, uh, quotes some wisdom that a torn jacket is soon mended, but hard words can bruise the heart of a child. And mm-hmm. Tim asks if he should go talk to Harry and Wilson tries the Ching, and it says, ah, the situation. Well, there, there. Just an important point is that Tim, Tim says, uh, "Can I ask the eaching a question? Am I too hard on my kids?" Mm. Which that uh, to me was because he's bringing up his thoughts on Mark here because that's what Jill just brought up. Yes, and to me it was a really poignant and pointed question of like, "Oh wow, um, the fact that Tim can be that confrontational with himself uh, in front of somebody else." That I thought was. Uh, I want to see more of that. That's where I want to see the trajectory of this episode go. Uh, it it, it kind of does, but not in a satisfying way. Yeah. Um, and Wilson also suggests amidst this uh, Harry and Dennis talk that, you know, your words with a, uh, a kid in their childhood can have a profound effect on your relationship with them in the future. Um, and that's when he asks, you know, oh, I should probably go, or I should, he says I should probably go talk to Mark and ask whether or not he should go talk to Harry's, uh, Harry and Dennis. Yes, okay, I guess I did skip over a big section of the, of the emotional meat of that episode. Well, because uh, the scene continues, it doesn't even transition us, Tim just walks inside and Mark is on the couch. Yeah. And this is where, um, Tim's like, hey, could you, uh, could you tell Jill that I went over to Harry's, um, and Mark's like, Whatever you say. And he's like, okay, I can tell you're angry at me about the phone. Uh, And Mark surprises me here. Like, he's so in touch with what has made him angry that it it just, like, I want to aspire to having his articulation. Because, listen, I'm making this a two-hour episode, and I haven't even gotten to the bottom of what makes me angry about it. Mark just straight up says, it's not just about the phone. It's that you embarrassed me. Yeah. Um. And it's like, see what you learn over some tea, Tim. You fuckwad. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I. It's like. It's like Mark. Maybe Mark has been on the phone with this therapist. Maybe that's how Mark has gotten to the bottom of all these feelings. <laughs> Betterhelp.com can help you. Um. It. You know. It's honestly. He called the video game tip line, but they also give you emotional <laughs> support there. Tim, to his credit, and I really like the scene. I, this. This is like what I wanted. The emotional. Uh, end of this episode to be uh, Tim you know to his credit says yeah I shouldn't have done that um, but that doesn't mean that you can talk to me like that and Mark says you're right uh, I apologize and like it was such a 
moment of them both hearing each other and acknowledging that they both did something they shouldn't have done. And I feel better about how they're going to move forward in their relationship. This is a 22 minute sitcom. What am I doing? I mean, look, we're, 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 we've already been talking for an hour longer than the sitcoms runtime. Like we're way past the point of asking, what are we doing? Keep going. So, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, Tim tells Mark that one, yeah, once the phone's fixed, he can use it. And, um, then Tim goes off to Harry's to try and uh, fix this family, to try and improve someone else's home. Um, We've seen how that goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, this actually goes better than I'm gonna, expected. I'm going to be, cards on the table here, my notes start to go downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, only Dolores is home when Tim comes over. She's dusting. Uh, in fact, we get a duster transition into this uh, scene. Um, Tim says that he's heard about Dennis and wants to talk. Uh, Dolores kind of comes in abrasive and says, you're taking it upon yourself to fix our family problems. <laughs> and yeah. Tim has a line like Tim has some goodwill with me after the last scene. And he's like, well, not if you're going to yell at me. And I'm like, that, that kind of made me chuckle a little that's bit. The, yeah, that's, my, that's my whole approach to life. I'll do anything unless you're going to yell at me, in which case I will do the opposite of the thing. Just I've my, structured my entire life around not getting yelled at. It's been that way since um, I was a kid. And to me, that's where the episode ends, because the rest I fucking hate. Um, Dolores, in uh, undolores turn, just goes, you're a marvelous person. Let me get you a beer. Let me glaze you a ham or some cheese and crackers. And she hugs him and is just like, what the fuck is happening all of a sudden? Yeah. Tim, it, Tim's not. You, just because he came over to inject himself in your. Yeah, I'm walking away from the microphone yeah, for a second. Yeah, like, like Dolores knows Tim. She knows what he's capable of. Your, uh, your reaction to this should not be, oh, good, everything will be fixed. But uh, so as she's, as she's, you know, giving Tim this very warm embrace, Harry comes in and is shocked and, you know, oh, Tim, what? <laughs> he goes, Tim? Wilson? Tim? <laughs> not again. She's working her way through the whole neighborhood. Um, Do you think Harry knows about Dolores and Wilson? No, because if he if he knew <laughs> if he knew he'd be an asshole about it, like he fair. So I, maybe yeah. that's why he's an asshole. No, 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 no. no, no. no. He's, he's the asshole. That's why she's in the arms. No, he team. just doesn't get. He just yeah. No, he does, he doesn't know about it. Uh, so Tim, you know, I, uh, look. Here's my note. Tim gives Harry some chopped up Wilson advice and about how to deal with Dennis. And the quote that I have here is, your kid's ready to leave your life. Is that what you want? And, and you know, uh, Harry says, it never matters what I want because, oh, Dennis dropped out of college and he didn't want to work at the hardware store. And he's so upset. You know, he left this job undone for three hours. And then Tim reminds Harry, well, there was one time that you forgot to order a grinder I needed for three weeks, so I had to do the entire job by hand. And Harry goes, I made one mistake. And Tim says that Dennis is allowed to make one mistake. He left the job undone because he had too many customers, so he clearly must be doing something right. And, yeah, so at that point, uh, Tim says, you know, you, you really should give him a call. And, and, and Harry's like, I don't know. He may, not even, he may have even left already. And then Dolores comes in and says, no, he didn't because I've got him on hold. I've got him on the video phone. And uh, so we get to see the video phone in use, which is pretty cool. Uh Harry is trying to like wave his arms and like to say, no, 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 I don't want it. No, no. But then, then the video phone comes on while he's still waving his arms. So then he just starts waving his hand at the video phone saying, uh, hi there, Dennis, which I, I think is just a, a haunting look into the, I don't know, 
24 years into the future when everybody is starting Zoom calls by awkwardly waving at their laptop. <laughs> and True. Yeah, and so then basically uh, Harry and Dennis have a awkward and stilted conversation made all the more so by the grainy black and white footage of the video phone. Uh, but Harry tells Dennis that he would be upset. <laughs> the Game Boy, and, and Harry has to call in the Nintendo hotline to figure out, how do I beat this game where I apologize to my son? <laughs> and, and, the, and the person on the other end of the line is like, that is the hardest game that any man will ever play. <laughs> the, it's basically it's Wilson. Wilson on yeah, the yeah, other it, end it of Yeah, Wil <laughs> Nintendo of America, this is Wilson speaking. <laughs> Heidi ho confused gamer. Uh, um... <laughs> <laughs> also, oh, I'm sorry. Also, my other question is like, so this, this whole episode led up to that. I, and I know that's for a, that it salvaged it for me. <laughs> I, I, okay, everyone, turn off the podcast now. We're not gonna we're not gonna top that. But um, also, I'm just wondering where. So, does Dennis have a video phone at home, or is there a video phone at the bus station? Like, I, it's just mighty convenient. He happened yeah, to be in a place there was a video phone. I I don't yeah I I don't know maybe Dolores got him at home you know the the company he works for gave him a free one to test it out so that he knows how to sell it to people maybe yeah who knows um, um but yeah so yeah they they, they essentially make up and it's kind of awkward and not super great but they just satisfying yeah not super sad it's just like ah, I'm sorry I'd be upset if you moved yeah okay well then I won't move okay well I guess it's fixed. Everything but I'm good. not going to promise that I'll ever change. So see you in a month yeah. with the same exact conversation. <laughs> same exact video phone. Uh, so they make up, and then Dolores smiles. I think I, I think more of my hair has fallen out during this episode than has accumulately fell out in my entire life. <laughs> well, okay, well, if, that's, if, that's, if this is the most stressful thing in your life is this episode, then Landon, I gotta say, you're still doing pretty good. I, uh, you, you gotta, you and that damn mirror. Okay, I accept that. Um, Dolores is so pleased by all of this that she says she's gonna glaze Tim that ham after all. And Tim, and, um, Tim, and Tim, like, the, the last line of the episode, total humdinger, knockout, great line, Tim says... Glaze away, baby. That's it. I'm well. I mean, there's a stinger, but that's it for the main episode. Glaze away, baby. I didn't think it could get worse than Sammy Davis Jr. And well, this isn't worse than Sammy Davis Jr. That it's is not, the worst. It's not. But, that is the worst. But I felt for a second like he was trying to do Sammy again, and I was like, "Don't you dare! No, no!" <laughs> Get the water bottle yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smack shake, him on the nose the, with the newspaper. Shake the can full of coins to scare him. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, not great. Uh, so we're at tool time. We go to our we go to our stinger. Uh, it's rare that we have a tool time stinger and not a cold open, but yeah. here we are. Yeah, and, um, and our only non-video phone appearance of Al. <laughs> They've got uh, home communication expert Dennis Turner. This is the first time we also learn uh, the Harry family last name. Yeah, it's huge. Um, they are talking about the fully automated house. Um, they have a model on set. Uh, Al, you know, explaining that this is not full scale. <laughs> and uh, Tim goes, well, if it was Al's automated house, it would be a dull house. <sighs> Uh, womp womp. Uh, uh, also, very quick, I just want to say when they introduce Dennis, uh, I, I like what I like what Dom Deloise's son is doing here because he's very 
awkward and and it's, like scared to be on camera and he just gives this very strange stilted thumbs up and and big smile which is funny to me is it not the way that brad acted when he was on tool time back in the day a little bit just not maybe not not totally totally getting horny for heidi but other than that yeah i like the uh, i think it was lisa at the time but oh, um shit. here's my theory for this episode um dennis is actually brad as a time traveler okay uh, Tim De- says, <laughs> "Just gonna leave that matzo ball hanging, everybody." Uh, <laughs> Tim, Tim says, "Al would have a dollhouse. Mine would be a great house, though." Oh boy, Tim, let's hear yeah, what your great what grand is. automated fucking house is gonna be like. And Tim's like, "All right, well, um, you know, you want to catch the sun, whatever. You can rotate well, the house. Y- the- yeah, for your house plants, so you." Push this button and then the little model home gets Tim, up and it you rotates. You have no fucking house. You you have no house plants. Yeah, yeah. Trust me. You you're not improving your home with plants. Uh, so yeah, the, you can make the thing rotate and then oh, if you want a better view of the stockyard, uh, you can get a nice view. So he pushes a button and it raises the house up on stilts. And Al says that this feature is also good for keeping away door to door salesmen. And then. Oh, what if your mother-in-law is coming over? Oh, you, you don't want that. Never can't talk to your wife's mom. That shit sucks. Am I right, fellas? So, uh, <laughs> it, so then he goes over to the computer console that they're using. Which, by the way, for the people like me who love looking at old technology, that this con <laughs> this this touch screen that they're using is dynamite. It's so good. Yes. Um, is it? How would you compare it to the console in Leprechaun Four? Uh, I well okay because it, it's not just a clipboard that that they've ADR. No, no, no in a where they're trying sound. to guess the password with the oh, Comic Sans. Oh man, okay, it yeah, it's it's better than that because it doesn't use Papyrus as a as the uh, as the UI font. Um, but it yeah, they they bring up the mother-in-law button and there's this like clip art graphic of an old lady and Tim pokes that. And the entire house recedes underneath the earth, and a it falls uh, into a sinkhole. Yeah, <laughs> much much like we did when we started this episode, and uh, yeah, and then, uh-huh. and then it's replaced by a vacant lot, and that way you don't have to interact with your mother-in-law. Uh, got him. I got to imagine Roasted. there's a lot of dirt dirt issues though. You got a you got to make sure that the windows are clo- windows are closed. You have to have something like hurricane shutters so that the pressure of the earth pressing against your windows isn't going to shatter it and fill your house f- with dirt. Um, also, you got to cover the chimney um, unless you're going to keep that poking out of the ground like a submarine s- telescope. Uh, what do you call those things? Periscope. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of a lot of things you'd have to prep for your house outside of just putting it um, over a sinkhole but, before you were able to survive that. But dude, it's all worth it because that way you don't have to spend any time with your mother-in-law. I mean, and presumably, you know what? You're right. And, Fair point. Thank you for the reminder. And pre- yeah, we're holding up that mirror. And presumably, I mean, and obviously, your wife's going to be fine with it because she has no warm feelings towards her mother. No, the only, the the only old woman who we're supposed to like is the man's mother, not the woman's mother. No, folks. Wow, I guess I got mad at the end of this episode. Truman staking out a very bold pro mother-in-law stance, I suppose. Um, yeah. I, I look. Here's what I think. This is what I believe. Here, we'll the, tell you what you think. I feel like the writers 
had a really dynamite idea. I keep saying dynamite. They had a really great idea for a um, for a home automation episode where Tim fucks mm-hmm. up the house with home automation. And then one thing led to another, and just the budget wasn't there. They did the man's gym and a yeah, bunch of other yeah. stuff, and the budget wasn't there. And it was like, well, we still have stuff at the beginning of the season that we've completely forgotten at this point. Yeah, yeah. I guess there was a claymation episode this season. We've this, A lot has happened. <laughs> But they they <laughs> yes. um they're like no that's not gonna work we don't have the budget for it but it's too good of a bit to let go so maybe we can just shrink it down maybe we can just like can, we can, we, can, we don't have the money to make the whole house do things but we can make a little house do some funny things and then the things weren't even that funny oh just like the show um that's Ooh. not true that was uh, that was unfair wow. I hit wow, the belt on that one wow. I apologize oh my God. listen I can recognize Folks. when I am playing unfair and that was an unfair I, comment everybody I'm so sorry about Landon he's just had a really rough day today with the hey, episode I don't need to anyone to apologize for me I can do it myself sir now, no I'm 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 like Harry I'm injecting myself unnecessarily into the situation that's no between you I and don't need customers. a parent you're not my dad whoa um the grunt count Huh? Yeah. This episode, I feel like of any episode I gave an okay grunt. Yeah, I know. What the fuck's up with that? It's because you were because grunts are rooted in masculinity, and masculinity is rooted in a deep seated anger, and you are deeply angry, so that's what it is. Wow. Therapy. That is a little more profound than I was prepared for. (laughs) I'm I'm, gonna lie to you. I'm I'm sorry I'm sorry, dude. Um, you know, I'm 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 not a licensed therapist, but I will still take money. I'm guessing, uh, I definitely heard a, oh no, but um, I don't believe, particularly because there wasn't uh, much tool time on this episode, yep. um, I don't believe there were any grunts again. I think it's a zero, my guess is zero grunts. Y- you believed and guessed correctly. Well done, sir. Wow. No grunts. So this brings our season grunt count up to The same number that zero? it was last week. Yeah. <laughs> I, has Tim grunted? Has have Tim ever grunted? Uh, now I'm starting to question whether or not there were grunts in the beginning of the show at all. Why, why did we call the or podcast? Or if we just made that up? Has someone like, tampered with my memories? Yeah, yeah. Wait, are we? Maybe, maybe, maybe Mr. Belvedere was the show with grunting, and we just got it mixed up the whole time. <laughs> this means we have to start um, all over with episode one of Mr. Belvedere now. No, oh, well, hey, I'm okay with that. Yeah, look, look. You want to talk about? Great theme songs. The Mr. Belvedere theme song is a fucking jam. It totally slaps. <laughs> I can't wait to come up with the theories for that theme song. Well, you Truman, see, do you have the, anything? We there were some streaks on the China, but they'd never been there before. Who cares? That's the theory. Where, where did they come from? Where did they come from? Well, I, I think it came from when the guy dropped, kicked his jacket as he came through the door, and no one glared. Yeah, but Landon, sometimes things get turned around and, and no one's spared. Anyway, uh, I think we were going to end the episode, right? Please don't make me talk sing the entire Mr. Belvedere theme song. <laughs> I need something to bring me out of this pit of despair. Um, I know what, what will do it. Thanking our patrons. Yes. Uh, thank you to all of our patrons. You make this show possible. And if you enjoyed, if you listened to today's episode... <laughs> And we're, and and we're you like, want to help us. How can they uh, make more of you this? You want to help us pay for therapy. Yeah. <laughs> consider becoming, uh, so that I don't have to air out my dirty laundry on the show, uh, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. I can only, I'm just dreading the Discord conversation about this episode. The Discord discourse, um, yes. 
leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your shows. It's the fastest, easiest way to support us, and it's free. It goes totally a long free. way to help others find the show. Yeah. So do it, please. Please, please, Stop please. by to say hi to us. <laughs> stay. Stop by to say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram, at GruntworkPod, or you can visit our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. Just type that into your video phone, and it'll take you right there in glorious black and white. <laughs> Where you can also see other information on today's episode and sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released. Do podcast episodes get released, or are they dropped? Uh, Should I change that <laughs> moving forward? Uh, no, I, I, I prefer, I think singles get dropped and occasionally albums, ah. but episodes are released. We're not hip enough to drop something. No. Okay. No. Um, Because we can't drop it like it's hot. Let's drop the end of this episode. Until next week when we bring you another hot, banging episode of Ew. Home Improvement. <laughs> I've been Landon Solano. On, uh, I've been, regrettably, I've been Landon Solano. <laughs> and regrettably, I've been Truman Caps. And remember, if you'd like to make a call, please hang up and then dial again. <laughs> <laughs>